Hey, so welcome back to the EduPunks podcast, a little special extra episode for you this week, because Katie and Lauren had so much to talk about. So we wanted to sh- share the rest of the conversation with you. There was actually a whole a whole lot more, even from the first conversation, uh, but we wanted to make sure you got this whole segment. There's like a whole 20-some minute chat here that you're going to get, a little extra. Katie and Lauren get into talking about... Uh, some gender stuff and some identity stuff and it's really great and it's really impactful conversation you get to hear uh, truly how much I think Katie like definitely admires the work that Lauren does and it's wonderful uh, to see that sort of representation make someone that I love feel like they they have a they have a place out there in the hardcore scene more than they ever thought and I truly hope Katie starts that hardcore band they're talking about uh it'll happen just 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 wait and see katie will be crushing it in no time but for now we're gonna leave you uh uh with this uh extra conversation and then we'll be back next week with another full chat it's actually gonna be a really interesting different take on the format but yeah more on that later and reminder the new sharp tooth album comes out today Today, Friday, October 27th, make sure you pick up a copy. If you like what you hear at the beginning of this episode and at the very end, we're going to play No Sanctuary one more time. But there you go. Pick up Clever Girl today. It's in stores. It's on the internets. Pick it up. Sharp Tooth uh, MD is their uh, social media. And then go to sharptooth.merchnow.com or purenoise.net. Here is the rest of Katie's conversation with Lauren Cashin of Sharptooth. So, given that everything in the world is upside down right now, <laughs> um, how do you think that like your identities and experience have, have played into like the message that you're sending into the world? Oh, like in entirely. I mean, like our, who we are shapes our experience and like it shapes, it also shapes the way that the world interacts with us. So yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be writing the content that I was writing about if I wasn't like a queer woman. That's actually, we just released No Sanctuary, um, our songs today. And that's literally what that song is about, how like our our identities impact the way that that people treat us and how the way that we communicate with one another impacts the way that different marginalized groups are treated um so i started writing the the song it was in about the the pulse shooting in orlando and was just kind of like how how does a person get to that point? How does a person get to that level of hate that they they take out a gun and they kill a bunch of people like me? I'd never like it never up until now I'd never ex- experienced any kind of like a large scale hate crime against like people who are like me, and uh, that was really that was very scary. And whenever like scary shit like that happens, you just go to how, and so. I start thinking about, I'm like, well, I wonder how all of, like, those pastors that, like, preach, like, homophobia and preach, uh, put like, putting homosexuals to death, how do they feel? 
when somebody decides to actually put homosexuals to death. Like, is it not, is it not also like partly their fault? How do people feel how about the people who go around dropping homophobic slurs, which can lend credence to hate to like more hate speech and to more hate crimes. And it, it just, it's like a vicious cycle of hate when people, when people use derogatory language, even things that like as small as like microaggressions, it, it can snowball into larger things because you're just lending credence to somebody's hateful beliefs. And that's what, that's what that whole song is about. Like how many, how many things did that person in their life have to hear that, that validated their homophobia uh, to lead up to them going into a nightclub and killing a bunch of LGBTQIA people. Like, it just, it just really makes you, it makes you think and it makes you have to take accountability for where that starts. Because, yeah, I can't necessarily stop some person from going and buying a gun and killing people. But I can... I can change the language I use when I'm talking to marginalized groups. Like I like growing up, like it was totally okay to call, like to use like the R word. And that was like totally a thing that I did for way too fucking long. And just because, just cause it was just a part of my language. And it took, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was, but somebody, I, I read an article about like somebody committing like a horrible, horrible, horrible crime against a, uh, against like a mentally disabled person. And it just makes me wonder, I'm like, how many times did that person hear the R word used in, in a derogatory way? I think it's okay. And I was like, I don't ever, ever, ever want to feed into somebody's like, into somebody's hateful mentality by using, by using hurtful slurs. So that's when, that's when I stopped. I was like, I can't, I don't want I don't want that blood on, on my hands. I can't, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's what No Sanctuary is about. That's what a lot of we're about is, and yeah, just taking, taking other people's identities into account is hugely important because it totally colors your, your worldview and your experience and the way you connect with other people. Um, that's why we need more diversity in, in hardcore so that people can connect with those different views. Because, yeah, if I'd, I'd never read that article, how would I, like, when would I have ever, when would I have ever stopped, like, saying something like that? So I think that that's how we educate people. And that's how we get, especially people who, like, I think there's a lot of well-meaning and not hateful minded people saying things. Yeah. Like saying like slurs and like joking ways and thinking, Oh, it's not that big of a deal, but it can be down the line. So yeah. Yeah. That really like, it reminds me of like my hometown. Cause I moved across the country from, from Wisconsin to Boston. And um, like it, it has been, well, granted, like, I live in Quincy, which has some pretty racist humans in it. But, like, overall, uh, it has been, like, amazing to see how accepting people are out here versus, mm -hmm. like, what I grew up with. Um, yeah. Like, 
I didn't come out until I was 27. So, like, just over a year ago. And uh, we're glad to have you. I said, we're glad to have you. (laughs) Oh, thank you. (laughs) Um, And uh, one of my best friends from my hometown also didn't come out until after she was 30. So, like, it's not, it's just like not something you do there. And, um, like, I didn't know any queer people from where I was from. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, this is just, like, based off of some conversations that I, I had with my friend. Um, and, it, like, I just remembered, like, all of the, you know, m- minute things against queer people that I was, like, brought up with so yeah. that, like, I was afraid to be that. Sure. And, um, and then, like, I got to college, met a bunch of queer people, not mm-hmm. not even like like I was just suddenly surrounded by them, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, <laughs> I wonder why." Um, <laughs> <They> do exist. <laughs> then, like, I went at, uh, when I was home during one of the summers. Like, I went home, and like I went out to this country bar because my mom wanted me to meet the guy she was dating, mm-hmm. and I was with the person that I was dating at the time, and we walked out. Uh, of the bar to get into my car and these like five big white dudes in overalls jumped out of the back of their pickup truck started like punching my car and just like yelling queer slurs at us and like what the I barely fuck? made it out of the parking lot like I I had to like gun it and this was mind you like this hmm, slight trigger warning violence um so my one of my previous partners was murdered and this, uh, the trial for, like, his death, like, the person who killed him, had just ended, like, maybe two months before this. Oh. So I was, like, really nervous that I was going to die. <laughs> I and, uh, don't so I'm, like, driving out of there. These people are, like, yelling queer slurs at us, punching the car. And, like, I'm I get so out of the parking lot, across the highway, and my car dies. And, like, shit. thank God I made it across the highway. Like, they didn't know that I was still that close. But, like, it was, still. like, oh, near-death experience. But, like, I never, up fun. until that point, like, felt really unsafe in my hometown. And then, like, like you yeah. said, like, it's all of these little things that, like, these people have been made to think it's okay to act like that. Yeah, and yeah. since then, like, I don't like going home because, like, that shit's is terrifying. Like, I don't want to be in that situation again. Um, so that was just like a tangent, but what you were saying, like really resonated with me. Um, yeah, I've been, I've been very privileged in that, uh, the community that I was raised in was very like super liberal, like very liberal Jewish community. And like, great thing about Jews is we don't fuck with anybody because everybody already done fucked with us. And we're just like, (laughs) we just want to be left alone. (laughs) And like, so, but I actually like Baltimore is a super, super Jewish like area. So I never, I never experienced anti-Semitism really like growing up. I never, I, my only like intolerance like that I really experienced like as like a queer person was like what I was fine like once I got into high school because like art school super progressive like 
it's okay. Like, it's okay to just be you there. But, like, there was... I think that, like, when I when I first told my mom, I don't think she believed me <laughs> that I was bi. She goes, that's okay as long as you marry a man. Oh, of course. <laughs> Which I'm just kind of like, that's problematic as fuck, but love you, mom. Uh, <laughs> like, she's like, you know, I, like, dealt with, like, that. But then um, I told you about, like, living in the cult. Um, they oh, yeah. told me there uh, that there was no such thing as being bisexual. Um, they told me that either you're just you're just acting out, quote unquote, or it's a phase. And I'm like, okay. And they like they were pretty vehement about about that. So I definitely so that was probably my first time experiencing like overt, um, in particular, biphobia. So, like, that was shitty, and it, like, it it makes you reluctant to really talk about it. And, like, I'm, I certainly, like, I don't present particularly, like, butch most of the time. Um, so I definitely, like, pass for straight, and a lot of the people that I've dated have been men, so. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you're when all of your the worlds you inhabit are very male dominated, those are the people you end up hanging out with. So. Yep. <laughs> very much so. And that like I I was actually planning on on going in that like general direction cuz I was thinking like how has it been like in your experience being in, you know, hetero presenting relationships? And presenting, you know, now yourself to, like, the world as being a bi woman. Like, mm -hmm. have you have you felt the need to, um, like, represent the bi community by being with a girl? <laughs> I, it's so funny because it's like, I, there's all, like, there's always, those thoughts always happen. Yeah. But I, I like... I like I joke that like I'm terrible with women. Um <laughs> like I don't know. I I I also think I'm just terrible with everyone. So like I'm like a big doofy dork who like I I'm like my friends like joke that I'm like Helga Pataki like I'll like, <laughs> like make fun of you or like throw like a football at your head if I like you or something dumb like that. Um <laughs> okay. But yeah, no, there's definitely, there's, I've felt that pressure. I don't know that I like, what even is succumbing to it? Like, oh, if I meet someone and I like them, I'm going to fucking date them. And like, that's that. Like, I've had to so be. So you think about it, but then you're in your brain like, no, that's dumb. <laughs> well, it's like you think about it and then you just live your life the way that you're living it. Like, <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not like, all right, today at 12 p.m. I'm going to go meet some women. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> like a thing. Or like a, I don't, nobody organizes their lives that way. You just, you, I connect with people the way I connect with them. Um, and yeah, and for the most part, most of the people in my life happen to be male or male presenting. Uh, so that's just kind of, that's just kind of what I'm working with. I mean, that's hardcore. Like that's the majority of the scene. I mean. So you go to shows, that's most of the people you're going to be meeting and hanging out with. I definitely make an effort to 
like meet and interact with and hang out with as many like women at the shows that I go to as possible because I'm like kind of like we're not alone yay let's all be friends (laughs) like so but yeah I mean you like I think that's why I thought it was so awesome that you were in that pit at stick to your guns because I feel like I've always only been the only femme presenting person in the pit and I was like they're (laughs) throwing down and everybody's like what is happening what is that (laughs) yep pretty much and uh, just get out of my way. That's it. <laughs> exactly. It's like, excuse me, I'm trying to swing here. Can you not? <laughs> I'll be I'll be thrilled the day that I can that I can mosh and address at a show and not feel <laughs> not feel weird about that. That'll be, yeah. that'll be like a landmark. Um, oh. I've never played a show in a dress either. I'm worried about flashing people just because I'm lazy yeah. all over the place. But one day. One day, especially because when I'm, especially when we're on tour, when I'm not on stage, I'm almost always in a dress. <laughs> because if I'm, a, if I got to travel and I got to be sitting on the bus, I want to be able to just let it all hang, hang out. Like, I like dresses because you don't have to wear pants and that's fun. So, <laughs> so yeah, I wear dresses a lot. <laughs> Did you ever get to see, I don't know if you were ever into Circus Survive, but when Anthony Green used to perform in dresses? I've never seen him perform in a dress, but I knew, I know that that is a thing that he did, which is amazing. Yeah, Um, I saw it, uh, like, I want to say, like, the first Warped Tour I ever went to. It was amazing. That's fantastic. (laughs) Because I was like... I love this. I don't know what it is, but I'm about it. Dresses are amazing because... To the rest of the world, you you it's like, oh, look at look at Lauren today. She looks so nice and put together. And I'm like, I just didn't want to have to fucking put on pants. Like, true story. <laughs> that it's like if I'm wearing a dress, it's probably because I felt extra lazy that day. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, I always feel like when I am wearing a dress that I like need to put makeup on, and I'm always too tired to put in that effort. Yeah, I, I like yeah. them. <laughs> I like I I almost always put on a little bit of makeup just because that's how I enjoy I enjoy that. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, I think it's fun, especially in the last year, in like last like year year and a half. I I pretty much was exclusively like black pants, black tank top, or t shirt, black boots, twenty four hours that's a day, me. seven days a week. Yeah, that's kind of how I rolled for a really long time. I was very uncomfortable expressing myself. Um, with feminine clothing. Um, and then I realized that some of that was my own internalized misogyny. Yep. That's Uh, where I'm at. (laughs) Yeah. And getting to just experiment with that and find the things that I like and like, like things that I'm comfortable with over the last year has been so much fun and getting to still basically getting to like try out like girlier outfits and be like, Oh, I still feel like a badass motherfucking woman who, (laughs) won't take no shit like that's been like oh like such like an exciting thing for me or like getting to express myself like I used to I feel like I also used to present like very like chaste in a way and I've gotten more comfortable just expressing myself as like a sexual person over the last like like couple of years um I also like like basically like started like dating polyamorously like a couple mm-hmm. years ago like openly like in the hardcore community so that 
has been interesting because I, you know, I went to art school, so everybody just kind of dated everybody all at the same time, and that's <laughs> yep. pretty normal for art kids. A bunch of hippies. I work, I work at an art school, and I went to art school, so you I get it exactly <laughs> what you mean. So yeah, we were, we we all did that, and then that was a lot of the people I hung out with um, after like after school, like after I got out of high school and everything. And I always felt like I had to keep those, like, parts of my identity, like, separate. Like, oh, there's there's hardcore Lauren who's just, who's very, who's very masculine and very, like, very tough and, like, asexual, basically. And mm. then that more, like, free-lovey, like, femme part of myself. I felt like I had to keep those parts of my life totally separate. Like, oh, there's Lauren who goes to shows and beats the shit out of you. Then there's like hippie Lauren who hangs out with her friends. And now I've, it's been great just in the last like two years, kind of getting comfortable just being all of Lauren all at once. And that's been really cool. Not feeling like I need to present a certain way to one group of people because I was afraid of what they would think of me. Because that's what it was. I was afraid that people would judge me for being a sexual person or for being, like, feminine. Um, I had that yeah. fear, like, in music. Like, that's how people would treat me. So Yeah. And I, I don't know if you've also had, like, I struggled when I was going to shows and... Like, I was, you know, friends with all the people that were playing in the shows. And then I would see, like their girlfriends like all dressed up and in high heels like I had that like internalized misogyny going sure. like why are you here <laughs> like yeah totally. you don't like but this and then if, like I would go to myself and I'm like why are you like saying that <laughs> yeah as if what you wear dictates your enjoyment yeah. of the music no I totally I totally had a lot of that I I was used to that side of me being mistreated so mm -hmm. I stopped presenting it because as we've, you know, as like I've talked about, like in particular in like that, uh, like that one interview, uh, like trigger warning. Um, yeah. um, so uh, like I've, I've been raped several times and I've been sexually assaulted several times. And, and all of those were, you know, all of those instances, like, were times when I was presenting a lot more femininely. And I think that I, I internalized a lot of that fear and, and I blamed, I blamed the way that I was acting and presenting for, for the assault that happened to me. And I think that in rejecting my femininity, that was my way of trying to protect myself in, mm. especially in such a hyper-masculine music scene. Um, oh man, that's going to fuck me up. Yep. I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm getting there in this conversation. That's what I'm like. I just Holy made shit. that connection. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I like. That treats the feminine like, it, like it's, it's worthy of abuse. And so of course we're going to present more masculine. Yeah. We're told that that's more powerful, which is some bullshit. Oh, so, fuck. <laughs> yeah. That's some bullshit. It's so. Bullshit that, it's even bullshit that we that like we've swallowed that like yeah well and uh, so a couple of years ago um well I'm just like starting my fourth year of working at Leslie University uh mm -hmm. which is art school 
started expressive arts therapies. Like that's everyone minors in feelings. Like that's the kind of kids that go to Leslie. And so we have a lot of queer and non-binary or trans kids. So like, this is like some of the first time that I was like getting exposed to non-binary people. And I was like, that makes a lot of sense. So then like, I started using both like she and they pronouns and then eventually just transitioned to using they. And then I was in a meeting with one of my students who was just like, you know, I've been thinking about my gender and like, I want to maybe think about starting using they pronouns, but like, I don't know if it's just like my internalized misogyny telling me that I don't want to be a woman. And then I was like, no, that just fucked me up. Oh no. (laughs) Cause then I'm like, is everything I'm doing a lie? Is it just me hating myself for being a girl? (laughs) Like I don't, I, oh my God. So like, that's been sitting with me. I don't really know what to do with that information, but I'm processing it. And then similarly, yeah, like what you just said, like I have been in a similar situation and especially like with people that were in the music scene that I was in. So like, now that I think about it, like after those assaults happened was when I really started hard presenting more masculine. Ah. Oh. It felt more because it it felt protected. It felt safe. It felt it felt yeah. It felt like a way of damn. Felt way less vulnerable. I think that I've I've, especially like in in learning to become more comfortable with presenting more femininely. I've found myself become way more emotionally vulnerable with all of the people in my life Mm. in the last like two years, which has just been overall like I'm I'm just so glad. I, mm-hmm. I'm so glad that I, especially in Sharptooth, that I'm in a band where I feel like I can just be my true self with all of the members of the band. And that's, that's so rewarding. Like, that's so, that's, I yeah, love, I don't know how many people like dick ride their own bands like I do, but I love my <laughs> band. I love my bandmates. I, I feel so intensely, like, lucky to get to to get to work with these people because they are absolute gems of human beings and make, oh. make my life and existing so much better so I love it <laughs> I can't wait to meet them if you could tell you know any anyone who has like your similar identities or like Anyone who might be struggling, something like maybe what you needed when you were a kid, what would you, what would you say? What I needed to hear when I was a kid, just do you, just fucking do you, boo-boo. Like Like, (laughs) whatever, whatever that looks like at whatever time. And like, I feel like the, like the way we are and the way we present and the things that we connect to the most like in the world and like the things that we align with are going to change like throughout like our entire lives. Don't, I guess just do you, but don't be afraid of, of change. I feel like that's kind of, yeah. All right. Do you live your truth, live fucking truth because anything else, why like 
Why? Anything, anything? Well, it's like yeah. Anything yeah, else is it's why, and, and it's not it's yours. yours. You're living someone else's someone life. life. Live your life, life, I guess. Yeah. There you go. Live your life. You Live do you. Yes, yes. you do you. <laughs> there you have it. That's the little extra episode between Katie and Lauren. They got into some real deep stuff there. I really loved uh, listening to all of that. It's so great. To hear them chatting about identity and existing as femmes in the hardcore scene. Fucking great stuff. Good work, Katie. Thanks. Yeah. Katie's over there. She's hanging out on their phone, I think. Yep. While I'm recording this outro for their episode. And, uh... You didn't ask me. Do you want to come over here? And say something what? as, like, a sign-off? No. Yeah. All right, tight. So Katie and Lauren had a great chat, and we'll be back next week with another episode. If you like what you hear, uh, rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your folks who like education and stuff, and yeah, follow us at edupunxpod, edupunxpod, follow Sharptooth, follow Katie Ham, at Katie Ham, listen to the new Sharptooth album, Clever Girl, it's out today! Spotify. It's so sick. Katie ordered us a record and got themselves a shirt. I cannot wait to hear the whole thing. It's today. New sharp tooth. Clever girl. Here's the rest of No Sanctuary. Uh, We'll see you next week. This was a longer outro than I expected to record. But, uh, yep. All right. Let's get to work. (laughs) Power to power.